Today, every day, small cap investors visit Agoracom knowing this is the day to discover the world's next great company to have their dreams come true. That's why I take to the open road to find them, to tell their stories, to engage them, to bring them to life because they want to connect with you from your office, your phone, your home, anywhere. Agoracom, find your dream. Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives right after they put out important news. With us today, happy, ecstatic to have him for the first time ever, Mike Druhan. He's VP of Corporate Development, Medex Health. The company trades on the TSX Venture Exchange on the stock symbol MDX. Now, for those of you who are new to the story, and that's going to be pretty much all of you, uh, except for the great shareholders that the company's had for the last three, four years, Medex has combined its skin cancer uh, scanning device with proprietary software to create this telemedicine platform that's focused on skin cancer. Now, that sounds like a lot, but more than just lip service, the platform's already been proven through proof of concept testing in Norway, where they had in 109 pharmacies, 80,000 scans that found 800 cases. So it works. Revenue in 2019 was $860,000, but that was before they announced their exclusive distribution agreements with Brazil, where they got an order, a record order of 500 units earlier this year, and Mexico, where they just signed an exclusive distribution agreement. And that's the news that we're here to talk about today. Mike, welcome to the show. Welcome. Pleasure to be here, George. Looking forward to talking to you. Well, we got a lot to talk about because yep. you're executing. So before I go into you know, the technology and the deals and what you're doing on the business side. Tell me first, you know, has you announced Brazil and now Mexico. How does it feel in 2020 to really begin fully commercializing? This is probably, you know, this has been three years of getting this technology right. So we were scalable and we could go into countries en masse and set up a shop. I mean, Brazil was our first one, 320 million people living on the equator. And the incidence, if you really understand in that marketplace, the incidence of skin cancer is epidemic. We work with the top people down there, the top dermatologists, and we were able to replicate that same transaction just recently in Mexico. We just announced that uh, last couple of days and uh, we'll continue along to expand along in that uh, all through Latin and South America. Well, let's talk, about, let's talk about those partnerships. Uh, I'd like to know the strength of those partnerships. We'll talk about Mexico first since you just announced it. How strong is that partnership? Is that George and a couple of his lawyer buddies and, and getting together to try and you know, distribute it? Or, or are you talking about something even, even uh, more hardcore? Oh, no. We're very careful because you're, you know, it's hard to manage from afar. So you really take the time to find a perfect uh, partner. Let's just start with Brazil, and then I'll replicate the same idea in Mexico. Okay. Our partners... When we step in, they must have, we put together a whole, um, a whole information brochure that says, this is what we're looking for in a partner. And they have to go through the checklist and have all of these accoutrements. If they don't have them, they don't become partners. So they have to be deeply financially based. They have to have access to the dermatological community. And I don't just mean we know a few uh, phone books. I mean, they know the dermatologists, the top leading thought leaders in the country. They have to be able to take us full of, through the full regulatory process down there, and they're picking up the tab on everything. 
So if you take a look at the contract that we did with Brazil, um, I'm, I got to be a little careful in what I say in terms of that, but every one of the contracts has a built-in performance clause for them to keep exclusivity. So we're not doing a distributorship like, gee, I hope Fred can sell a couple of these puppies. These are full-blown commitment, well-funded, deeply connected into the community, and they can uh, they have access to our marketplace. That's the and only way Brazil we do gave you Brazil gave you a record order, yeah. 500 units. As um, a starting yeah. I, I know you can't give away uh, a, a lot, but ballpark, what does that mean in terms of revenue for the company? Ballpark, uh, your, your standard pricing for, for 500 units. Sorry. So we built, we built our whole model on a 1500 location, uh, 1500 install location. And we do that. And so here's what 1500 installs look like. We build the hardware here for about $700. We sell the hardware for anywhere between 1600 and 2000 Canadian dollars. That's the hardware. That's the scope itself. Right. And then every time we take a scan, it works out to about $10 a scan. Now that scan revenue costs us about 26 cents. Okay. Yeah, so that's a great business model. So you it's, it's a pure SaaS model. Yeah. And you have the, the ongoing, uh, the platform, the telemedicine scan. It's company. a recurring revenue. Everybody's interested in, as you know, and that's where we've shifted economically as a model that the market hasn't caught up with yet. So if you take a look at the Brazilian model at 1500 installs in year one, it represents $8.4 million in revenue to us from a company that did 800,000 in, yeah, in a different business last year. So we build the market on a 1500 kind of uh, uh, install model year one. That's kind of what we look at. And so that's 3 million of hardware sales, good margins on that, but really the 5.4 million of recurring revenue is what we're looking for. And you know, you answered my question because I was going to ask you, is it fair to say that you're going to exceed 2019 revenue? So I can scratch I that, past that list. Yeah. Uh, let, so question I got for you, is this your strategy going country by country and locking countries down? Because uh, so, you know, some people have a strategy that they'll find five or six different customers. Uh, you know, it sounds like you're going country by country. Is that essentially the country's primary, you're the company's primary strategy? Well, I'll tell you, Brazil came to us through a partnership that we had because of the epidemic that's down there. I mean, I didn't realize, I mean, I've been back and forth to Brazil five times, really embedded in the community, done a lot of the training, and they're actually using our technology as the lead source for teledermatology. I mean, you've got a big spread out country like Canada, 320 million people living near the equator. I mean, yeah, sure. they're really concentrated. But for example, we, as soon as we finished with Brazil, we had another partner pick up the phone in a very connected group up in Mexico, and they wanted to replicate Brazil. And we have that going on going now with a couple other countries close by. So that model was one that was just a natural to us. Our real concentration is going after the big, big fish in uh, the pharmacy business now that we've had the proof of concept in Norway, as what you were already talking about, in 104 locations and, uh, you know, 80,000 scans, 862 melanomas captured. That's a big cost savings to the healthcare system. A stage one melanoma cost about $2,500 to remove. A stage four melanoma cost about a million. And the life expectancy dramatically different. So, so, the, question, so the, the health ministries, right. agencies, departments, and countries right. around the world, they must love this solution for, for that very reason, because they all, all their budgets are stretched. They're all trying to find resources. Uh, how big of a help are you going to be to, especially when it comes to countries like Brazil and Mexico and other such countries, how big of a help are you at the end of the day to the, to the countries themselves? Well, I mean, the, the, the sort of the elephant in the room is that most people are dying from stage four melanoma that has gone metastatic. 
So the death registries record them as being lung cancer or brain cancer when in fact they started out as melanoma. If we catch it early, it's really simple. We can solve it, lots of people live. If we catch it later on, it's very expensive and the prognosis for survival drops to about five year survival rate goes 20, 30%. Whereas if I catch it as a stage one, it's a 97% five year survival rate. So to answer the other question is, so the pharmacy model works for us in this respect. Ease of access, if you think about the flu shot, back when they had the H1N1 virus before the current pandemic and you could get a flu shot, people went to the pharmacies because it was easy. You didn't have to sit in a doctor's office, jammed in, you looked down the hall, it was clear you could go in and get a jab, flu jab and away you went. Our idea behind this is our device is really simple to work. You can go into a pharmacy, you can get scanned on a molar right. lesion, sent to a dermatologist immediately, returned right away and gives you a prognosis. So it's a great model for ease of action. And I, I got to tell you, Mike, uh, I think I'm as guilty as anybody. And I'm sure people watching or listening at home are probably going to say the same thing. We, we see little, you know, I, I've got a little, little dot here. We have little dots. But we say, that's ah, just a little dot. And what I'm going right. to do, go to my GP. And then I got to get a referral. Then I got to go to specialists. Then I got to wait three, four months. Ah, forget it. But that's deadly dangerous, right, for some of us. Look, just in Norway... 80,000 scans, 862 uh, prognosis, right? That where you guys found the melanoma. So um, I love the model because it just makes it literally driving, right? Go to your drugstore, do the test while you're picking up your aspirin and milk or whatever. I love that model. Um, And and are the pharmacies seeing the same thing? Yeah, so we're working with, uh, you know, we got sort of three major pharmacies in the US, two in Canada. Uh, we'll have some pilots coming out here very shortly. That'll give people some really good understanding of how easy it is. They'll be able to go in and try it themselves and get an idea of what it looks like. We'll get patient testimonial, but more importantly, the pharmacy will get a chance to evaluate the technology. You know, we've thought this through and worked hand in glove with the dermatological community. We've worked with all the coding systems for billing. We have a full back-end reporting system on here. We're, we're a little bit different than any of the other com- competition out there. I'm glad you brought that up. Competition. It's a new space for me. I can't say that I know very many and I know a lot of businesses and I know a lot about most, but I can't say I know a lot about the telemedicine skin cancer competitive landscape. Uh, What is the competitive landscape out there right now? What kind of competition are you facing? So it's a, it's a great question. What, what you're seeing right now is a huge influx of money going into the markets, heading into teledoc, telemedicine in the US. Uh, we're starting to see a little bit of follow through with that in Canada. Um, those are, those are broad based generic stuff. That's stuff where people are taking their Apple computer and they're going in and they're having in a one-on-one with a GP. It gets a little more difficult when you move into the more specialized spaces of dermatology. So we fit the telemedicine space, but specificity of us is in the dermatological space only. Right. It's a huge market, but it's a very, very interesting one. So our competition tends to be things like cameras on phones and things like um, uh, digital cameras and things of that nature. Now, that stuff doesn't work very well. And the rationale is if you take a camera, I'm taking images that are angular. I've got light coming in. So here's the number in Canada. All the telemedicine uh, uh, images that are sent across, 40%, 42% of them are rejected by the dermatologist. They can't read them. As our top dermatologist said, is it's either Hawaiian Island or it's a melanoma. I can't tell. Please have it rescanned. Our technology is a cyoscope. It's a class two medical device. Nobody else has that in the market. Right. Not only can we take an image on the top of the molar lesion that could be, you know, is suspicious, we can go two millimeters below the skin 
and take a, a what they call pathophysiology view that shows the evolution of the molar lesion. Right. There is no chance when a dermatologist sees our images, they get rejected and they can analyze them perfectly with great confidence. So that's, that's the differentiator in our system. Class two medical device attached to a patient management system on a, on a secure network so that it can't be hacked. It's, uh, we're not using backbones like cameras. You're not allowed to keep pictures of any images I take. There's a lot of issues around privacy and threat testing. That stuff we have. So you've you know, closed that loop. You've all got that loop, 100%. Closed loop. Do, do you keep, you, I, I, it's interesting you said that, so I want to be clear. Do you keep, if I get a scan today for this little dot, yeah. uh, which there's a little dot here, right? <laughs> so, yeah, a little solar lentigo. Let me take a picture of it. Day. Actually, let me take a picture and see if I yeah, can. Yeah, 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 yeah. If I take a scan of that using your cyoscope and it says today, all good, George, you're okay. If I want to take a picture of this again a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, do you have the ability to compare just to know if this has grown, gotten smaller, gotten better, gotten worse? Right. So that's a really good question. All of our images taken, we store for eight years past the age of majority. So when you're from 18 till up until you're 26, that image has remained. So the way we okay. do it, we're Chrome-based on our platform. It's secured with AWS, Amazon Web Services, Fortress in the country of origin. So images never leave the country of origin. That's a privacy issue. And you can come back into our dermatologist or anything with your, your, your locator number. Uh, two years later, if it changes, if it sort of advances or you notice um, it's more sensitive, you walk back in, we punch it up on the screen and uh, the dermatologist can compare it and not only look at the superficial, the, the dermoscopic side, but we can also go underneath the skin and see if there's been any evolution or migrate, you know, you don't want them to go vertical. Yeah, we can do that. That's unbelievable. And then when you have that one scanned, that one now goes eight more years. So you can see you, we have it like a running movie of that molar lesion. That's, you know, I love yeah. that. I think that's so yeah. powerful. That's, yeah. that's Like I said, our system was built by the best dermatologists for dermatologists. So we weren't trying to craft together a system. We collaborate deeply with the top dermatologists all over the world. Mike, you almost sound like that adage, you're the overnight five-year success story. <laughs> yeah, trust right? me. Where have you guys been? How come so much of the market hasn't, hasn't heard about you? In fact, I hadn't, right. truthfully, until about a couple of weeks ago when we were introduced and started working together. And then what do you have to say to your shareholders who were early believers who have been there with you? might even be a little bit fatigued because listen, it, it takes time to develop something great. You know, what have you guys been doing and what do you have to say to your shareholders? Um, so I came in uh, almost six years ago to work, to put the team together to help turn the company around. And when we came in, we had two divisional sides. We had a laser division, which was therapeutic lasers. And those are used for uh, musculoskeletal kind of injuries. And then we had this interesting device called the Cyoscope which was this imaging software capture, uh, again, two millimeters below the skin. About $11 million went into the development of that technology, and it was done in Cambridge, England. We acquired it. And when I looked at the technology, and then I looked at the dermatological space, I went, I just looked at Canada, 565 dermatologists serving 37 million people. The wait times to see a derm if you're outside a major center can be anywhere from eight months to 12 months. So that you could be, you, you could be dead by the time you yeah, get your If you have a fast growing nodule, what's called a nodular melanoma, you don't make it. And now with COVID-19, they're only allowed to work up to 30, 30% capacity once they reopen in September. 
the, the backlog to get into a dermatologist is going to be insane in most countries, particularly in Canada, because we only have 565 derms. Teledermatology done properly solves it. So your question was, what happened to us? Well, what happened to us was we were really deeply underfunded and it was really a broken company a few years back. You know, we were piecemeal financed along the way, but we had the belief that the technology worked. We ended up taking the cytoscope and we got very lucky. We got into the Boots Pharmacy chain in Norway. That gave us a proof of concept that this was an acceptable modality for patients. And the only thing is we didn't have our own telemedicine portal. We didn't control the data. We didn't control the patients. We didn't control the ability to monetize all that. And we had to take a step back and it took us a year and a half to build the perfect platform in, in um, working with uh, the dermatologist. So we had people like Dr. Dan Siegel, the former president of the American Academy of Dermatology, Dr. Trevor Champagne here in Toronto, who is the number one teledermatology doctor in, in Canada. So we worked with all of those people building the perfect platform and the right. perfect patient management system. And then in 2019 into 2020, we started to roll it out. And that's where you saw our big, big order on January the 16th, the 500 scope order out of Brazil. Your shareholders, yeah, you know, we're all the new guys on the block. Yeah, what's your message to your to your you know, your loyal shareholder base who have been with you for the last two, three, four years, uh, waiting, waiting, waiting? It appears the waiting is now done. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. No. You're off to a great start. Obviously, you're going to blow out your yeah. revenue numbers uh, based on what you've already done already. What's your message to everybody going forward? Well, my my you know my my concern is. You don't, you know, the worst thing that can happen to you, as you know, in these investments is you get tired, you just have deal fatigue and you walk away just when all of a sudden, you know, Q3, Q4 revenue comes out and everybody goes, wow, this is the greatest scalable company in the world. And you go, oh my God, I can't believe I held it all this time and lost it. So I'd say a little more patience. You've been patient up to now. We're going to come through. We won't, we won't let you down. We'll deliver. Um, to new uh, shareholders, I'm going to say, boy, you missed a lot of pain and waiting. You're going to have a much easier road of it. We've done a lot of the, a lot of the hard work's already been done. So I think now it's, you know, before we were proof of concept and we were, can we get this, can we build it? Now I think as you're seeing the way we're knocking off and we're scalable. And I think that's the big part people aren't catching. We're deeply scalable now. And I think you'll start to see very quick results coming out, out of Brazil, out of Mexico, and a couple other of the uh, pharmacy things we're working on right now as they come out off a of food chain. I think you'll, you'll see the scalability um, commentary that I've been making. Mike, congratulations on what you guys have done, what you and your team have done. I, yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head there when you said it was underfunded, it was in trouble a few years ago, and you know you turned it around and look where you are now. And yeah. that's great credit to you. Uh, I can only imagine the, you know, the pain, the difficulty uh, every step of the way, but it seems like clear skies are kind of opening up in front of you right now. And we're looking forward to having you back because if you, you signed Brazil and now you signed Mexico, I'm going to presume there are more such uh, you know, agreements coming, hopefully, fingers crossed, and that we'll have a lot more to talk about. But uh, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, really thanks, George, it. for this. Appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. You've been watching, or if you're listening by podcast, Mike Druhan, he's VP of Corporate Development at MedX Health. The company trades on the TSX Venture Exchange under the stock symbol MDX. You've watched what he had to say. You've heard what he has to say. Now's the time for you to do your due diligence. A lot of us are just sitting at home anyways. Uh, there's only so much Netflix you can do, and there's only so much social media surfing you can do 
uh, before you before you get bored and you're not creating any value. You've you've heard some incredible information, seen seen some incredible results. Get to the Agoracom uh, MedX Hub. Punch in the company's name or stock symbol. Go to the profile page. Get a more complete view. You know it's really nice laid out there for you. And then go over to the company's website. Start your due diligence because hopefully you found your next great uh, small cap telemedicine company. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Have a fantastic day. See you next time. Thanks, George. Cheers.